This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Uh, good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Back to our regular Wednesday schedule here on GTC. We are at now until noon right here on TSN 1050. We're going to be previewing the U.S. Open throughout this show as well. Looking back on the iconic moment, Nick Taylor winning the RBC Canadian Open, that 72-footer heard around the world now nick taylor is actually going to join the show here momentarily he's made his way to los angeles for the u.s open as well bob weeks graham delette mark Sacchino. they're all going to join the show and discuss lacc discuss the canadians who are playing this week we'll give our tsn edge picks as we always do also an hour or two our golf reporter Kristen murphy will join me around the table as well TSN producer extraordinaire Jamie Rydell will also join. He was on the green on 18 when Nick Taylor sunk that historic bomb to win the RBC Canadian Open. So much to get to, but first let's hit some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. All right, so the big news about the RBC Canadian Open now a couple of days later was the ratings. CBS grew 3.304 million viewers for Nick Taylor's win, the highest total for the final round of the RBC Canadian Open in 23 years. The last time it was this high, Tiger Woods back in 2000. We know what happened in 2000 at the RBC Canadian Open that Historic shot from the right-hand bunker on the 18th hole at Glen Abbey. It was also 19% up from last year's final round. Rory McIlroy went back-to-back. So awesome for Nick Taylor, awesome for the Canadian Open, and the highest-rated non-designated event on the PGA Tour this season, too. How cool is that? Already can't wait for next year's. RBC Canadian Open. But of course, it's a tight turnaround for these guys because they go play the RBC Canadian Open. They jump on a plane of some sort and head to LA, head across uh, North America, across a couple different time zones to play the US Open at LACC. And during Tuesday's practice round day, Bob and Graham got to see Nick Taylor. And Bob has put a couple of tweets out saying uh, what what it's been like to uh, watch Nick Taylor, you know, get congratulated by players, by caddies, by the works. But Nick took some time to speak with Bob and Graham. Let's hear Bob with Nick and Graham. All right, here he is, 36 uh, or so hours after the big moment, and uh, I was just saying to you, walking over here looked like it took you about half an hour because <laughs> every five feet you were being stopped and congratulated by another person. Mm-hmm. It was in the working on the golf course here, or players, or some congratulating you. What a, what a magnificent achievement. Just what's it been like since you actually walked off the golf course on Sunday night? 
It's been a whirlwind, you know. It's the text, the calls. The you know today has been really cool. Players, coaches, reps, you know, anybody coming up and congratulating, saying they're watching, and um, you know, this <laughs> how excited they were for me. Um, it was an amazing moment. Obviously, I, I still. I was just saying, I, I look at Dave Marco and we just start laughing. We don't even know what's going on. It's, it was such a moment. We've seen the video so many times now. It's just, we blocked out and just were so excited that we don't People even know what we were doing. congratulating me like <laughs> yeah. I wanted. Like, congratulations, yeah. man. I'm like, well, it wasn't me, but yeah. thanks. It was, it, was an un- yeah. it was unbelievable, man. Like, Bob and I were both there, obviously. That, the whole storm in the green on, on 18 was epic. And I'm, like, I'm starting to think, I'm like, the... What this did for Canadian golf, man, honestly, is what Weirzy did for us in 03. And it's incredible. I'm so proud of you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's where, you know, I, I'm having hard times coming to grasp with saying the impact it's going to have. Um, if it has that impact, I'm obviously very proud of that. But like Graham just said, it's Weirzy had such an impact on us, and it's hard for me to look at that in that perspective. It's just it's a very cool thing. Who's the coolest person you've heard from? Um, we're <laughs> leaving the golf course in the McDonald's drive-through, and uh, Wayne Gretzky pops up on my phone and <laughs> called me. So I have never met Wayne. We've we chatted for three, four minutes. He's so gracious to call and say how excited it was for me. So we delayed our McDonald's order and then we uh, went on. But yeah, it was pretty What'd fun. What'd you get? Uh, we got a lot actually. We got some <laughs> nuggets, burgers, fries, the works. It was fun. All right, how do you how do you actually transfer from that moment to here you are you're at the, a major championship? I mean, how do you reset or have you been able to at all really? I'm trying to get as much rest as I can. I think last night was the first night I actually probably slept. Um, you and me and Graham. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to see the front nine today, back nine tomorrow. Try to kind of ease into it. Um, not as much preparation probably on course as what I normally would get, but I think rest is probably the most important thing for me right now. Yeah, I would agree. And, I mean, you're going to love this golf course, I think. It's awesome. Um, and your game's it's tight right now. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> that helps. That helps. I won't get in the way. Have you, have you talked to any of the other players who've said anything like, in, I mean, have you talked to Tommy Fleetwood since you got here? Have you anything like that? I haven't, talk, I haven't seen Tommy. Um, Rosie came up who was there watching Tommy and, and pulling for him obviously I think the cool thing that they've said is it almost came, felt like a Ryder Cup atmosphere that I've obviously never will be a part of or have been Graham has been part of a President's Cup so I'm sure he could relate something there but for them to just have that parallel I think was, was really cool the fans were, were unbelievable um, you think Tommy will talk to you again? <laughs> I don't know I don't know about Ian but maybe Tommy I did I did uh, ask you this the night when we were when we were presenting you with the trophy I said you know what do you think the impact of this is going to be for you going forward you said you haven't had time to think about it obviously it was about an hour after you filled the butt yeah. but looking now have you had a chance to think about that what this means for your career? You know, there's a lot of really cool perks, obviously, with short-term, you know, I got to go to the Masters again. That's that's a huge thing that I really wanted to get back to. I felt like my one experience was the COVID year, and as amazing as it was, I don't think it was the full experience. So I'm really excited for that. You know, this lets me have great for the FedEx Cup playoffs and, the, and East Lake, which I've never been to. So there's a lot of opportunities that um, are there. Yeah, I, I haven't. Those are like the small things I've thought about. There's so many things that I'm sure well, will come I know along if I, with it. If we go out to eat anywhere in Canada the rest of my life, I want to be with you because <laughs> yeah. I don't think we'll be paying. <laughs> <laughs> potentially, potentially. Uh, look, we'll give you a little chance to go and uh, prepare for this uh, tournament. I don't know when you're ever going to come down because we certainly have <laughs> And I think most of Canada hasn't come down from this. It's a great moment. Congratulations again. Thank, Thank you. We're so proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just awesome stuff there from Nick Taylor. Love that McDonald's order as well, too. That was, you know, I'm not sure if that'd be the go-to order for some, but hey, uh, 
Nick Taylor. Uh, good on him. And as we do on our Wednesday editions of GTC Radio, we take a look at the FanDuel odds for that upcoming week, U.S. Open. You can get Nick Taylor right now at 210 to 1 on FanDuel. Keep in mind as well, he opened last week before the RBC Canadian Open with odds to win of 70 to 1. Didn't get off to the best start. Heading into the weekend, his odds were 500 to 1. So anything is possible. Nick Taylor, looking forward to seeing him this week. Now, I mentioned Graham, Bob, and Mark. They're going to join us throughout the show, and they've put together, they've had a couple chats. It's it's a bit of a different time zone, obviously. They're three hours uh, difference than we are here in Toronto. So they've pre-recorded three different segments talking about this week, what we can expect. First up, here's Mark and the boys talking about... Uh, the Canadians both looking back and looking ahead to this week's U.S. Open. All right, thank you, Adam. Uh, here with the boys here as we are get ready for the U.S. Open, but we can't talk U.S. Open until we really put a bow on Sunday because, uh, I mean, to, just to be there, uh, the Canadian golf community all wrapped around that 18th green for what will likely, Bob, go down as one of the most iconic moments in, in Canadian sports history. We had this discussion amongst uh, Graham and James and I after uh, afterwards about you know where this would rank, how you would put it, and, and it wasn't a major championship like Brooks won or like Mike's won, but we said as far as the drama and the sensation, um, you know, Mike Weir, no offense, but he sort of just tapped in an easy little two footer to win the Masters. We should all be so lucky, uh, <laughs> but, but he, uh, you know, when you when you think about it, that seventy two foot putt and the crowd how lit it was right. right into that whole playoff, right? I mean, they were, I won't say they were really booing Tommy Fleetwood, but they were certainly not necessarily against when he missed. Um, to me, that's what made this thing so special, was just that he did it, first of all, and then second of all, how he did it. Graham, you, I got to get this angle from you because, like, we're guessing. Like, Bob and I are guessing based on all the tournaments we've watched, all the players we've spoken to, like from a player's perspective, from a Canadian perspective, like from a pressure standpoint, if that's you, because it could have been you quite easily, right? If you're coming down the stretch on a Sunday to U.S. Open, coming down the stretch in Nick's position on Sunday, what do you think would have got to you more? Uh, I think it's kind of different. I mean, the pressure of winning a major um, compared to quote-unquote a regular PGA Tour event, obviously our national Open is more to us than just a regular Tour event. But the the pressure is different. I think to win a major or to win your own national open, there it's more emotional. I think um, to win your own national open as it is like um, you know you think from a from the uh, standpoint of winning a major championship, and all of a sudden now you're looking at like a life changing stuff for everybody and any player who wins that. But it's similar. In that sense, I'm just kind of rambling on. It makes sense in my head. If no, you're, I know what you're saying. I, I think what... But like, the emotions are different. Yeah. I guess. It's it, not... It's The player... The, the major is just pressure. There's, that, that's a, there's a more of a passion there's, in the Canadian... Yeah. And, yeah. So, I think the emotions are harder to put in check when it's your national open like it was for Nick. And he that's what he did such a great job at. Uh, the pressure would be just as high, I think, for Nick if you compared the two because they both mean so much to him. But the emotions, I think, are higher at the Canadian Open. Well, I know the three of us were certainly feeling that on Sunday. And so where did you guys land? 
You, you tease the conversation with Duffy. Where would you put it? Because we have tremendous Canadian sports moments. We can go back 100 years and pick out these, you know, world-class athletes in so many sports. But they don't happen often on our own soil. And that's what stands out for this for yeah, me. Yeah, for me, I think it's the golden goal. And it's Nick's. I mean, as far as if I'm going to rank the two that I've watched. And I mean, we're lucky enough right. to be on site there. Uh, I wasn't in Vancouver when Sidney Crosby scored, but those are the two that like really pop out of me. And like Weir's Masters was more impactful, I think, but it didn't have like it was a you know he bogeyed the last hole in a little tap in to win. Right. It didn't have the jam that I mean that was the longest putt of Nick's career. Like what right. a time! <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I think you can look at a lot of different sporting events, and you can say. Um, the golden goal. You, I mean, there's a bunch you can sort of look at. Some of the Olympic moments, right? I mean, uh, Donovan Bailey running and things like that. But this, to me, is as far as golf goes. This is the this is the putt that will re- be replayed a thousand times, a million yeah. times, probably over Nick's career. And you not know, even just in Canada. No, this is a global yeah. thing. You know, the amazing thing was being at the golf course today at the LA Country Club was how many people of our, our compatriots, not our compatriots, our U.S. friends. Yes, our, our colleagues our around the world. Colleagues, yeah. I was looking for. Thank you. And, and I, came, write, I write and, a little. <laughs> <laughs> and came up, came up to me and sort of talked about it. And they could sense it. Amanda's yeah. uh, comments on Twitter about how this was such a cool thing because yeah. of the people in the crowd. And I was there, I was lucky enough to be there for Mike's win at the Masters. I was lucky enough to be there for Stephen Ames winning the Players and for Brooke Henderson winning the Canadian Women's Open. And none of them really hold a candle to the drama and the excitement. And, I mean, maybe we're still locked in the wave. Sure. I think they're all very equal in terms of accomplishment. But, boy, it was just, and I mean, we were all going crazy. We were all hugging each other. Yeah. And, I mean, and you're not really supposed to do that as journalists. You know, we're, we're supposed to be even. But in that moment, that's your initial reaction. You know, passion takes over for us as well. I, I uh, tweeted Rick Young. Uh, you know, he sent something out and I responded to, to Rick because he said something along the same lines. And I agreed. I said, Rick, it'll, we will never have an opportunity to put our community around that green again and celebrate the game together, to be there all together. I looked around that green and went, Everyone I've ever worked with, everyone that I know in the, everybody's there. Right. And I go, this is un, absolutely believable. The whole thing's been overwhelming for me. Um, really, really, really emotional. I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, let's transition to U.S. Open then. Because we're feeling like this as you were a, 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 a player. So you have a different relationship with them. And now you're one of us. Sorry, you're one of us. Okay. And Bob oh, and I, man. I know, I know, I know, it's okay. It's okay. Some of the dining's pretty good. You'll be fine. So, but can someone in this group of seven, the group of seven, we'll call them here, yeah. down here at LA Country Club, can one of them use this as inspiration, you think? Is, could you, like, I got to think that not only did Adam Hadwin and Corey Connors and, you know, look at this and have joy from this and celebration from this, I got to think they'd be going, Man, I want to give, I want to do this. I want to, there's a moment this week, an opportunity for that, Bob. Well, sure. And these guys are all, you know, a number of them were there. We saw them all standing behind the green. A number of them were watching. I mean, Mackenzie Hughes, the poor guy, told us the story that he was on his way back to the golf course and his young son threw up in the car. So he had to stop <laughs> and watch it on his phone. But in that same vein, you know, those guys are, um, 
those guys are are have done this for a while where they are play mat they play games together yes. east versus west right it used to be adam and uh uh, Adam and, and Nick taking on Taylor and right. and and or Mac and I guess and Corey right. and Taylor and you know they it's healthy they, competition they're pushing each other yes. along and I think this is something that will push all of them along. They're saying okay, he's done it. We know we can do it. It's just a matter of getting the right time together to, to put it together. And you hope that um, that this week is one of those weeks. We'll be having a Ledgeview double. Adam Hadwin wins here. Yeah. I mean, that Unbelievable. Well, well you great. you again, Grant. Yeah, uh, it's a brotherhood. Yeah, really, and it really is, and it's uh, like. You must feel one. like if you were still playing, right? And you were in the field this week, you would be. Would you not be chomping at the bit right now? Yeah, and it's like that was a win for him and for Canada, but also for those other guys. And yeah, I think it lights a fire uh, under the other guys' butts and says, "Hey, like, let's do this." Like that was a pretty cool moment for Nick, and we're super happy for him. But right. let's kind of let's see how if we can snowball this. And look, we already have four winners on the PJ Tour this year. It's incredible. And, you know, Hadwin hasn't had one. You think that he's chomping at the bit to add his name to totally. that list. So, um, Put in so much work in the last, you know, 16 months, Adam, on, on you know, we talk about the changes. They're not changes anymore. They were changes. But, I mean, <laughs> and he's, he, when you put in that work, you want to see results. And he has in terms of consistency. But that, to your point, he hasn't got that W yet, right? And it must be eating at him. And it does go to show you, like, Nick has done a lot of different things, right? He's got Gareth Rafluski now, hired him as his yes. short game coach. He's working with Dr. Bob Rotella. Right. You know, he's doing a lot of different parts, a lot of different things, trying to shore up all the weak parts. And you wonder now if some of these other Canadians are going to go, well, maybe that's not a bad idea. Maybe I should do maybe that. Maybe there's maybe a model for me. Right. Yeah. Uh, before we put a bow on it and send it back to Adam in Toronto, um, around the horn here, we've seen a little bit of the golf course. We're going to talk L.A. Country Club. I'm in love already. I've only seen nine holes on the ground and maybe, no, actually maybe 13 in total. Um, I don't think, I know, you know, there's still a debate on how important driving the golf ball is going to be around L.A. Country Club. We'll get into that. I'm seeing a lot of Mackenzie Hughes on this golf course from a Team Canada standpoint. From a Team Canada standpoint, I'm feeling Mac this week. I, I think the short game and just shots around the green and stuff are going to be uh, being able to putt from long distance, putt from off the green. He's my uh, red and white this week. Who do you think it leans for? Our yeah, I'm kind of liking. I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing from Adam Hadwin. He he sort of snuck up and finished as the second yes, he Canadian last week on the on the 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 Open, and I think he's been moving in the right direction in a lot of parts of his game. I think he's gaining some confidence. Uh, it was interesting to talk. We were talking with Nick's parents today at one point, and they were talking about how. He was kind of the, you know, as a younger player, and we all know this, mm -hmm. he was a little bit more of a hot-headed guy. And I think he's developed a little bit of what Nick's got in terms of being able to shut some things out and the distractions and not losing his temper. Because this is also, as we know at the U.S. Open, this is a time when you just have to accept that you're going to get bad breaks and you're going to have some bad moments uh, on the course and you're going to have to kind of roll with those punches roll. and just get to yeah. the next shot, which I think he's way better at now than he was. Graham, we, we walked with Adam today. Who, who Out of our group of seven, who's on... <laughs> I, I honestly, I'm gonna go with the hot hand. I'm gonna say wow, the double continues. dip. It like open, open. He he admitted to us today. He's like, look, I'm gonna take it pretty easy. This is not about preparation. This is about kind of mentally just st like stabilizing, getting back to the form. And I kind of joked with him. I was like, well, your game's super tight, and he just kind of like laughed and agreed with me. So he obviously believes in his game and. Uh, you know, once he can get over this emotional high, and he'll he won't get over it, but he can still use that and feed onto it. 
coming into this week. So I kind of have this weird feeling the Knicks going to play really well. Awesome. L- would love to see it. Would love to see multiple Canadian flags up there on Sunday. Okay, we're going to get into the golf course. We're going to get into some of the favorites, who we think or might do well here, and the style of play that might do well here. We'll talk a little bit of that more throughout the show. All right, let's go back to Toronto. Back to you, Skulls. Awesome stuff there, boys. Really appreciate your insight. We'll hear from Mark, Bob, and Graham in just a little bit. On the other side, he went viral for getting tackled on the 18th green after the fourth playoff hole. Adam Hadwin joins Golf Talk Canada next. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit JPSMGolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here as we look back at the RBC Canadian Open and preview this week's U.S. Open, where seven Canadians are in the field. Now, of course, Nick Taylor won in historic fashion on Sunday, but another moment that has certainly gone viral is when Adam Hadwin was tackled by the security guard. Yes, He is totally okay, and he's also made his way to L.A., where he'll be playing in the U.S. Open this week. And during uh, his Tuesday practice round, he took some time to speak to Bob Weeks. All right, here he is, Adam Hadwin, and uh, you were just walking off a practice round here and a couple other players giving you the gears. I'm sure it hasn't stopped since it happened. Um, What's the situation right now as you've been doing this for uh, 24 hours, 48 hours now? I mean, it's, it's been a wild 24, 36 hours for me. Um, not the way that I thought I would go viral. Um, yeah, it's sort of, I mean, this, this whole finish on Sunday with Nick making that putt, um, you know, creating one of the greatest moments in, in Canadian golf history and then... I had no business being a part of it. <laughs> um, I just wanted to celebrate, but um, it happened. I, I'm certainly soaking it in a little bit, taking it in strides. Um, thankfully, no issues with the body or anything like that. Um, I don't think the guy, you know, I don't think he has a future in the CFL or the NFL. He hasn't hit hard <laughs> enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're just kind of running with it. I, I like the way you sort of took the bottle and lifted it up out of the way so it didn't get damaged in anything. You didn't even spill a drop, but let's move on from that, even though I'm sure you won't be able to for a little while. But when you look back at the big thing, the, the win by Nick, yeah. you were standing behind the green, as were so many of us. Walk me through your emotions when you saw it. Oh, I mean, some of it, honestly, is indescribable. I mean, you know, I mentioned just there a second ago being one of the greatest moments of Canadian golf history. I think that... Um, the manner in which he did it as well. Um, you know, Tiger Tiger's bunker shot at Glen Abbey gets replayed a lot whenever the, the Canadian Open comes along and um, and it goes down. But, I, I mean, I think this overtakes it. I think this is a shot that you're going to see uh, for, for a lifetime. Um, I mean, this was... Yeah, this is a lifetime moment, and I'm, you know, I grew up with Nick. We lived together. We traveled together. So to witness that and, and kind of 
just be in the arena with that, watching him do that was just something special. Just, just you, you mentioned that. You guys grew up playing the same golf courses. You lived together. I mean, just, just tell me what makes it possible for him to win that tournament? Oh, man. Um, you know, I think he's he's done a really – he's kind of proven to everybody that this year when he gets up into contention, he's not afraid of the moment. Um, you know, he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Scotty in Phoenix. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just the, the, the mental fortitude that he had after bogeying 16 to come back with birdies on 17, 18, um, and then to go through the playoff. I mean, look, we're, we're all – a nervous wreck I have to, you know I've only been in that situation a couple times Canadian Open but just a nervous wreck trying to trying to get the job done and obviously you guys as broadcasters do a great job of reminding us um, of how long it had been but um, you know he's just laser focused and he's so good at just focusing on the task at hand getting the job done sort of blocking out everything else um, and then now I think more than anything his game has kind of caught up to that a little bit as well I mean this year He's proven to be uh, one of the you know best players on tour, one of the more consistent players on tour. His short game with Gareth has has taken off, and I think he's you know just brimming with confidence right now. All right, let's move on to this this week. U.S. Open always a very difficult test. You've had a spin around both nines, I think, on this golf course. Now, what do you like? What did you see? How's it going to play? Yeah, my my first impressions is this might be one of the greatest pieces of property I've ever been on, um, and I say that partly because we're kind of in the middle of the city um, and then you have this sort of vast wild undulating natural landscape um, and uh, I've only seen the front um, I'm gonna still reserve judgment for how it plays you know throughout the tournament but I, I think it's I think it's gonna be amazing I, I mean my first impressions um, some of it I think could be severe depending on how firm and fast things get um, but this first trip around the front I thought was extremely fair. I thought it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to see a lot of different golf shots. And um, it's going to very fair off the tee, which I like. For, um, and, yeah, you're going to have to be precise going in the greens. Uh, you led after the first round a year ago in this tournament. Uh, how would it feel for you to get into contention and be up there in the fourth round this time around? I mean, that's the goal. Uh, it would be amazing. Um, I'm not sure if that would help me put... Uh, last week in the back burner or not or if it bring up more questions but um, that's the idea um, you know I, 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 I can see my game fitting really well at this place I don't have to be uh, perfect off the tee I think a guy of my length that can keep it in the fairway and kind of plot around a little bit um, can do well so I got high hopes for this week I had a really good week last week I was I was happy to play well myself um, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward for a big week. Be a pretty impressive ledge you double, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. It would be amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> Good luck this week. Thanks, Bob. That's Bob with Adam Hadwin. You can get Adam Hadwin on FanDuel right now. His odds are 280 to one. Well, Hadwin mentioned some of the course setup at LACC where they're playing the U.S. Open this week. On the other side, we'll take a deep dive into Los Angeles Country Club. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here. We are previewing this week's U.S. Open at LACC. A lot of uncertainty around what we are going to expect this week because, quite frankly, not many people have seen LACC, Los Angeles Country Club, but we'll be seeing a lot of it this week for the U.S. Open. Now, Rory McIlroy hasn't won a major since 2014, but on Tuesday... He was asked during a walk-and-talk practice round interview on his thoughts on the course setup this week. Let's hear from Rory McIlroy. thing is, it gives you room off the tee and gives you room with that. I think every shot, it gives you room. But then if you miss it, it's, it's very, very penal. You know, you've got these, you know, the fescue around the bunkers. You've got this Bermuda rough off the side of the fairways that... Uh, is very clumpy and and you know you can get some really really bad lies in it so you know it's a, it's an unusual golf course the way it's laid out as well you got five par five par threes three par fives and you got the drivable par for sixth hole so you got nine holes where you know more or less you're going to be hitting either off a tee or off a fairway into a green if you have in a par five or so like for me it's like you know, can I get nine good tee shots away you know, if I can get nine good tee shots away, keep sixes off my card, um, I think that's really the key to this place. Roy McIlroy, always a great interview, and uh, that was some cool perspective on LACC. Now, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Graham Dillette are on location at LACC. They've been able to see a lot of the golf course, and they'll see the rest of the golf course today. Let's go back to Los Angeles. Here's the panel on LACC. Thanks, Scully. All right, uh, boys. I mean, I've seen 13 holes. We've all seen a little bit of the golf course. There's still some holes we got to go out there and check out uh, tomorrow. Um, I, I love this golf course. It, it almost, there's, so I saw a few Australian uh, colleagues out there, and they're telling me already that some of their boys that they're talking to, so this feels a little bit like home. I know that sounds weird. We're in California, but it, it's going to play firm, likely more firm as we get closer to Sunday. I'm not so sure. We'll get into the, the conversation about driving. I want Grant, Graham's opinion here on how important the driver is going to be because I'm so confused about this. But, Bob, your first just first impressions. Well, I didn't see as much of the golf course today as you guys did, but uh, from what I was able to see, I, I kind of like the idea that this is going to make players think a lot about what shot to play. There's going to be shot selections out here. There's going to be different ways to play from around the greens, from even going into some of these greens. Some of them are... The, green, the size of the green is a little bit bigger, but there's some areas where you know there's not going to be any pins put, but there's going to be, you and I were talking about that, Mark, yeah. on the one part, yeah. but you may have to play over those areas. So are you going to chip it? Are you going to bump it? Are you going to uh, use a hybrid to sort of roll through? And then there's some areas around the greens where there's some really heavy rough where you got to kind of hack it out, I guess, for, for lack of a better term. Um, I think it's really interesting. It will really make these guys focus on what they're going to pull out of the out of the bag and what kind of shot they're going to play. Yeah, the one thing that I see after kind of strolling around the front nine today is that uh, I don't think this game or this course really suits one particular game. Um, like when we were at the PGA, it was like you had to hit it well. You couldn't just save it with your short game. You could you could have like a little stint somewhere in the middle of a round where your, your short game can kind of save you. But out here, it's like if you don't drive it well, you can get it up kind of near the green if you miss it in the right spot. And I think that's a lot of it is 
when you're in the rough, if you can just if you pick your miss, because there's going to be a lot of times you can't even hit these greens in two if you're coming from the rough. So you just kind of pick your spot, whether it's a front bunker, it's kind of the well, apron short of the green or whatever it is. And then those guys like a Cameron Smith can do his magic with his wedges. But if a Scotty Scheffler drives the crap out of it and knocks it on and hits 70% of his greens, well, that makes this game a lot easier as well. So it doesn't really suit one particular game. And I think that that's what's neat. It's like there could be a, there could be a lot of unique names at the top when it all comes down to it. Where at the PGA, we just knew it was going to be ball strikers at the end. You know, it's so funny you say that because I just did a hit on a Seattle radio show on our way back there just before we jumped in our, our shuttle. And and I was asked, like, you know, what's going to get it done this week? And I hadn't given it a thought yet, right? And and I kind of landed right where you just landed. It was like we got to Rochester, and it was wh- whoever was going to hit the more fairways, and the, it was just going to be ball-stringing machine. And that's why, we, you know, when we did our sports center hit, I asked you guys point blank, like, does this golf club take – Brooks Kepka's greatest weapon away from him, which is the ability to continually hit fairway after fairway under pressure when you absolutely have to. Look at the golf courses he's won on, maybe with the exception of Aaron Hills, which had huge fairways, but that golf course was like 7,800 yards, so driver's still very important. Here, I'm not saying driver's not important. In fact, Adam Hadwin told us that the fifth hole, for example, it's almost a bit of a blind landing area on the fifth hole here. There are three palm trees at the top of the hill that appear in the middle of the fairway. And Adam told us, if you get it right of that last palm tree in the middle of the fairway, there's so much camera on this fairway, you're in the right rough. And there's so much of that out there. So then I started landing on, okay, greens and regulation. And then you walk around the greens and stand around the greens where you and I stood and go, okay, no, it's a, it's a short game chef. It's a, it's a, mag, a magician. So I'm kind of landing, Bob, where Graham's landing, where I think we're going to look on Sunday and see very different paths to that leaderboard on Sunday. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it very, very much does. You sort of hit the nail on the head when you talked about those fairways. You know, Corey was telling us how, you know, a fairway – landing area on the on the scorecard might show that it's 25 yards long but when you look at the camber and you look at where the, where the rough comes in it's really like a quarter of that or, or or a third of that you know it's so much tighter and you have to be almost more precise than you've ever been off that the other thing that i think is is going to be very important is going to be long irons into some of these greens because there are some longer second shots yes. that these guys don't play yeah. week in and week out on the pga tour i think there's a bunch of those that these guys are going to have to um or the winners are going to have to lead into. And I think, honestly, a guy can get so hot with his putter this week because these are going to be tough greens to putt, too. There's a lot of lot of slopes, and it's a lot of feel putting. You're not going to have hardly ever any straight putts unless you're directly below the hole. It's going to be a lot of feeler putts from above the hole. And some of those guys with really nice touch, you think like Jordan Spieth, his short game around, the, and his he's got this special feel. I know his, his putting seems to be kind of Jekyll and Hyde, but when he's putting well, he's as good as anyone. And he's got like this athleticism and feel and magic touch that not many guys have. And so you could see a guy like that just winning it with his putter. Uh, let's before we get into maybe you know who's on our radar, uh, which we'll do uh, coming up shortly. Um, I love. We got to talk a little bit about the, uh, about how this golf course offers some really interesting choices, especially in certain corridors. You know, we walked today front nine. We saw there's a very benign opening hole par five, but downhill, very wide landing area, gives you an opportunity to get off to a good start. And then and then a par four that's almost 
500 yards. It's like 496, 497. That completely slaps you in the face. Yes, there's a landing area, but there's so much camber on that right-to-left fairway. The green's protected by this uh, barranca, a similar barranca to what you would see at Riviera just down the road. And then you get in this interesting part of the golf course where you've got a 284-yard uh, par 3 in the next... I'm talking within the next four or five holes. You play a 284-yard par 3, a 320-yard par 4, another par 5 that Graham loved. We were walking down 8, and there's these sycamores oh, trees. Man, if you were anything more than a 3 handicap, you'd be standing on that tee just puckering up like, what? <laughs> where, where do I hit this? Exactly. Where do I hit this? So I think... It's weird because we don't really talk about U.S. Opens like this before, right? U.S. Opens, we talk, make a good four. This is going to be highs and lows as opposed to Steady Eddie. Remember your great friend who used to do the setup for these golf tournaments? Yes, my, my, my friend Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Mike is no longer around. We won't even give his last name, but I think if Mike wasn't around, you know, I think, I think Jason Gore came in a couple of years ago. He's moved on. Scott Langley now is taking his spot. And I think the setups are so much better now in terms of player. Um, I think there's a lot player of players. Friendly. Yep, they're player friendly, but also player. Um, it's almost to... like they're asking them to engage with the USGA. Well, I think the players are going to like it a lot. Yeah, more. it's not s- sort of silly stuff. They need to like the USGA for years. The players have always been against the USGA, and like they do their best. But the thing is, the PGA Tour sets up tournaments forty weeks a year. They know how to do it. Right. The USGA does six events a year, and they think they know how to do it, but they right. don't. Right. But we're seeing now a smarter once, USGA. Once Jason Gore came on a few years ago, I think it was Tory Pines was yep. his first one where Mac was in the mix there. It, that was like the first one. Was like It was tough, but it was fair. And then the next one was, remind me, it wasn't Brookline. What was after Tory? Or was it Brookline? Yeah, Brookline. Yeah, <laughs> last year. And same thing, tough but fair. And I think now with Scott Langley kind of leading the way, he played on tour for a long time. He was kind of out there, you know, when yeah. I was playing. And players know a pin that's just like, no, we can't put it there. That's just too much. If a wind comes up or, no, that's just too much slope. We can't do that. But if you're the USGA and you're not used to doing this, you don't know that, unfortunately. And it's so it's good that we've moved this direction it's still going to be a difficult test. Oh, I mean, totally. I mean, we're what, not going to see a drop of water here, guys. No, and it's like if it, it, it's up to the USG now is how much water they want to put on the golf course because they can make this as firm and fast as they want to make it pretty much unplayable if they want to by Sunday afternoon. But they have to give it just enough to keep it alive and make it playable, but limit the water to make it difficult. Right, because this golf course will shine when it's firm and fast. That's when it will shine. But that is also a thin uh, tightrope to walk because firm and fast can get Shinnecock 04 pretty quick. You got to keep your eye on that, right? You, you, so You want this golf course to be on the edge, but yes. you want it to be on the right side of the edge. I love if you that. can do that, that's absolutely perfect for a major championship like this is. Well, we'll talk about who could be that player that walks that edge correctly uh, coming up soon. Let's go back to Scully in the T-Dot. Thanks, guys. So excited to see LACC and the different challenges it brings the players for this week. Coming up on the other side, more reaction from Nick Taylor's win and previewing the U.S. Open. Bob goes, I guess, a one-on-one interview speaking to all these guys coming up. Taylor Pendrith, Corey Connors, and Mackenzie Hughes. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. 
Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up Hour 1 here on GTC, Adam Scully here in studio. Well, of course, when Nick Taylor won the RBC Canadian Open on Sunday, there were a number of Canadian players watching, rooting him on from just off that 18th green. One of those players, of course, was Corey Connors. Now, Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor Pendrith, they were just off the green, but they, of course, joined them on their flight to Los Angeles for the U.S. Open. And on Tuesday, Bob had a chance to chat with all three of these guys about Nick Taylor's victory and looking ahead to the U.S. Open. All right, we got a gaggle of Canadians here, and uh, guys, uh, pretty remarkable moment uh, a couple days ago and now that you've had a chance to kind of digest it um tell us about it Corey. you were right there you were behind the green tell me about what it meant to you to watch that and and what your emotions were as you saw that puck go in yeah to be honest it's still hard to digest it was such a you know crazy moment and such a huge moment it was really cool to be there the the atmosphere was absolutely incredible and you know to see that puck go in i was you know just as shocked as everybody else to be honest and uh yeah, it was crazy, and what a yeah, what a moment for Canadian golf, and so proud of Nick and happy for him. Uh, it was just uh, just incredible to see, and um, yeah, just uh, was, I was speechless then, and you know it's hard to even talk about it now. Taylor, where were you? Uh, I was in the hotel room watching every bit of it. Um, wish I could have been there with him, um, but I mean, yeah, it was it was amazing to see. Um, the crowds were great, and you know I watched the video on Twitter a lot and get goosebumps. I mean, it's something that obviously we've all dreamed of doing and um, for him to actually do it was I mean unbelievable it's just gonna inspire future generations and he's a legend back yeah I <clears throat> I wasn't there I was uh, I was attempting to be there and then my kids had other plans uh, <laughs> they decided to throw up in the car on the way to the golf course so uh, my plans quickly changed but I was glued to my phone I've, I've watched the highlight uh, 50 times probably already. Uh, Glorious from free is stuck in my head. It's just um, like Taylor said, we've all dreamt of that moment. Uh, Nick had it, uh, and you feel like being as close as we are to him now. I just feel like we're all you all kind of experience it together, and uh, you can kind of live vicariously through him in that moment. And uh, just I mean, what what I mean, what a moment. I mean, Canadian golf will remember that forever. Give, give us a grade two on uh, Adam Hadwin taking that hit. What did you guys think? Was it was it pretty good? I mean, he didn't spill much of the champagne. Yeah, his uh, his alcohol uh, containment there was great. Kept the ball upright. Um, I would have liked to have seen him lean into the guy a little more and and, and kind of kind of take the charge and maybe uh, you know get to get low, throw him over the shoulder. But uh, no, it was uh, it was it was pretty funny. Uh, once you heard that he was okay, uh, I think everyone has uh, joined joined him in laughing at himself. So yeah. Have you guys have you guys had a chance to chat with him? Did you give him the, the business? <laughs> to Adam? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a little bit that night, but um, yeah. I mean, he took it like a champ. <laughs> All right, Corey. Let's uh, let's talk about this golf course, this tournament. Um, you've had a chance to play out here now. What do you, what do you see and what do you like or not like? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting golf course. I think uh, you're gonna have to do everything really really well. Um, you know, there's certain holes that, uh, you know, look wide open, but 
you got to hit your ball in the right spots or you're going to be scrambling. Um, I think yeah, as important as hitting it really well off the tee and into the greens is going to be, the, the short game from some unusual lies and some difficult spots is going to be you know, very vital and you have to knock in the, the par-saving putts to, to keep rounds and momentum going. But um, Very unique golf course, first, first look at it. Uh, here and um, you know it's, it's obviously in great shape. The greens are rolling, rolling really nice. Um, a few holes you know, kind of have some blind shots, so getting comfortable with that, trying to learn as much as possible. But uh, it's going to be a great test. Taylor, what did you see out there? Yeah, uh, you know a lot of the same. I feel like a lot of the, these fairways slope severely left to right or right to left. So um, I mean today we all hit some really good drives that ended up in the rough. Um, and the rough is pretty thick in some spots, so um, that part's challenging. But yeah, you keep it in the fairway. The back nine's super long, um, a lot of long irons into the par fours, um, and it doesn't get much easier around the greens. So um, yeah, you can hit a lot of greens and, and manage where you miss. Um, I think you can do okay out here. Mac, what about on the greens? What do, what do, you, what do you think for the putting? Yeah, I think because it's a new course for everybody, I think that everyone's trying to take in, it's, it's a lot to take in initially and you don't even know on past history where pins have been and and where they're going to put pins so you're trying to really do a lot of guessing around the greens but uh when we play courses off past history like you know where to miss at certain pins uh for some of these pins we don't know where the best miss is all the time so i think that's kind of what you're going around the golf course thinking about a lot is like you know if i am playing to this pin where is a good miss going to be um because you're going to be playing some weird spots so uh, I think that's kind of what guys are really trying to learn a lot of. I mean, off the tee, like Taylor said, a lot of slope in the fairways. So um, you pick your lines and you'll take what it gives you. But then around, in and around the greens, you really have to be, uh, you know, very smart about where you leave, leave, leave the golf ball. All right, guys. Uh, it would kind of be nice to have a Canadian double, wouldn't it? Back-to-back -back Canadian wins. Uh, possible? What do you think? It's definitely possible. It's possible. possible. Yeah, <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got strength in numbers at least. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll all give it our best shot. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. Awesome stuff there from Bob and the Canucks uh, during that interview. So excited for the U.S. Open this week. It all gets underway Thursday morning, tomorrow morning. You can watch coverage all four rounds on TSN. Coming up in Hour 2, we'll hear from Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, Graham Dillette, TSN producer extraordinaire Jamie Rydell, and our golf reporter Kristen Murphy. Plus, I'll let you know what you can win. In 20 weeks of TaylorMade this week, it's a major week, and you know what that means. Major prizes available. We'll also give our TSN edge picks for this week's U.S. Open. That wraps up Hour 1 here on GTC. Hour 2 coming up next. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Hour two, the back nine here on GTC. This is leg one of our quadruple header on this lovely Wednesday as we preview the U.S. Open and also look back at Nick Taylor's historic victory at the RBC Canadian Open. Now joining us on the line is our golf reporter, Kristen Murphy, who was on with us throughout last week at the RBC Canadian Open as well on Monday for our radio on TV special. Murph, what is going on? Not too much, Adam. Very excited for the week. I mean, partly because I think like so many of us in Canada still riding the high of Nick Taylor's historical win last week. And now we roll right into the third major of the season. And for many, the U.S. Open is arguably the most exciting one. I know a lot of people that I talk to, this is the one that they have circled on their calendar. And so a couple things. Uh, first of all, golf in prime time. Are you a yes guy or a no guy in terms of liking golf in prime time? Um, I am a yes guy, but I think part of that is because it's not something we get to see all the time. So it feels like a rare opportunity. And, um, you know, I'm used to working on golf, watching golf during the day. And it's kind of nice to shake it up a little bit. And I think it'll just contribute to the drama and the excitement of SportsCenter. That's for sure. Not sure if I'll have to pay Jim Taddy for what I just said there. Yes, guy, no guy. I'll, I might be receiving a, a rude text or a tweet here uh, momentarily. But uh, how much have you seen of uh, LACC? I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of uh, intrigue about it since no one has seen Los Angeles Country Club, or not many people, I should say, have mm-hmm. seen Los Angeles Country Club. What's your excitement level to see this place? I'm very excited. You know, LA Country Club has never hosted a U.S. Open. So everyone is going to be navigating it for the first time. Obviously, some players have played there before, but it's different when it's set up for a major championship. So I think familiarizing themselves with the different idiosyncrasies of the track is going to be something that's going to be very entertaining for the viewer to watch. And we're inevitably going to see some mistakes. I anticipate a significant learning curve between the first round and the final round, maybe some changes in strategy over the course of the week, a lot of trial and error. And as Mackenzie Hughes said in the previous, previous segment there with no tournament history, it's going to be a learning process. Um, And, you know, we have five par threes that the players are going to be navigating. I think that in itself has the potential for fireworks, maybe a hole in one, maybe two. I'm going to say it now. I think it could happen this week. And then, You have the sixth hole where there's going to be decisions to be made. The drivable par four to go for it or to not is the decision players are going to be faced with. And naturally that will all depend on the circumstance when you're playing it, where you are in the tournament, what you need to do to maybe find yourself in contention by the end of the week. But I think that will be entertaining. And then there's the Barenka, which we don't get to see very often. And that's for those that don't know, sort of the narrow winding river gorge, I guess, kind of a gully. And it's, present on eight holes on the front nine and then we see it again on 17 so if you find yourself in there it's it's all going to be a matter of your luck how good is your lie and I think that's going to be so fun to watch I think you've won the award for biggest word longest word used (laughs) idiosyncrasies I didn't quite have that one on my bingo card on this lovely morning here on GTC so ding 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 you are the winner of longest word on this lovely I'll take it okay Let's let's get into it here. So Brooks Kepka won a major championship four or five weeks ago at the PGA Championship. Mm-hmm. As of right now, he is the third shortest odds on FanDuel at plus twelve hundred. What what are your thoughts on Major Brooks as we head to the U.S. Open? 
I mean, I can't look away from Major Brooks. He is back. We know he's healthy. We know he's confident. Uh, and for the rest of the field, I think that's such a diabolical combination. As you mentioned, we're just a short while removed from his PGA Championship win last month. And we've seen Brooks really let his hair down since that win. He went on, you know, he was riding for his, his P's, the Panthers. We know how that ended for them. But for Brooks, his season is very much starting to peak. He has two U.S. Open wins already. And he's he's had proven runs of major success that are just incredible Back in 2017, four majors in just 27 months, including those two U.S. Opens. And I think we could be on the brink of another historical major run for Kepka. He just has all the confidence in the world. He has the game to back it up. And he just, just the way he talks to the media, I mean, he said he sort of craves and thrives on chaos. He's paired with Rory McIlroy, Mr. PGA Tour. So I think that adds another element and another reason for Brooks even though they're friends, you know, to want to have the competitive edge this week. And, I mean, talk about a deadly combination. There's just a lot going well for Mr. Brooks Kepka right now. Yeah, Kepka, two U.S. Open victories. Also three additional top four finishes at the U.S. Open. This guy craves, as you said, the U.S. <laughs> Open. Now, you mentioned Rory there because mm-hmm. Rory's, fa- Rory's fascinating. You know, last year, top tens in all four major championships. This year, it's been bizarre to say the least, although he does. He's coming off back-to-back top ten finishes with abysmal Sundays. Uh, given all the the research you, you put into LACC, all those notes, and given how Rory's coming into this week, plus 1,500, fourth shortest odds right now on FanDuel, what do you think about Rory's chances this week to finally break that major drought? You know, as much as I hate to say it, because I really do love Rory McIlroy, um, he is a guy that I'm probably fading this week. I just think there's been too much going on off the course, and I think he looks like a man that's a little bit fatigued a little bit tired and it I was sort of uninspired by his Sunday at the RBC Canadian Open. I followed him around for a little while and it just it seemed like something was missing and um I just he's not someone I have on my list this week. There are others that I have above him, that's for sure. Okay, so let's let's go to some guys because we go to, you know, major championships all the time and we have the conversation on on every show who is the best player not to have a major to their name so we have patrick cantlay we have victor or rick hovland as overdrive <laughs> calls him you know xander shoffley tyrell hatton max homa tony finau who, who are you looking at murph right now uh, for guys who are looking to break through and win that first major okay so i have two um victor hovland and max homa i will start with rick if you will also known as the uh, Norwegian Prince, I'm hearing on the streets, by the way. Oh, really? As another nickname, just throwing that out there. I didn't come up with it, but it's out there, Adam. Um, he's one of the best ball strikers in the world. He got the job done just recently at the Memorial for his first win on U.S. soil. He's playing some of the best golf on tour right now. He's elevated his game in major championships over the past year. Runner-up at the PGA, seventh at the Masters, and even going back to last year's Open Championship, he's finished fourth. So the other thing that I uh, I noticed in my research is that there seems to be a pattern of performance in the major before the U.S. Open and success at the U.S. Open. So taking a look at the numbers, the last four winners at the U.S. Open finished T8, T4, T8, and T5 
in the PGA Championship. So there's a strong correlation to playing well at the PGA and then carrying that momentum into the U.S. Open, and that would fit what the situation that Victor Hovland finds himself in. Um, I think the course itself is a good fit, given that he's a top-five iron player in the world. If this is a second-shot golf course, that will play into his favor. And one other little tidbit that I found is that Rick ranks number one in strokes gained putting on bent grass greens. So between the ball striking and his ability to roll the rock on bent grass, why not Victor Hovland this week? Wow. There's, there's a lot to take from that. The Norwegian <laughs> prince was one, yeah, which I, I think right. is from, that's got to be from our dear friend in the newsroom, Norm, maybe, who's <laughs> the biggest Rick Hovland fan. Is that from Norm or, or is that from someone else? Um, it wasn't, although I have heard him use the term before. Yeah, nobody rides for Rick quite like Norm. But taking all the statistics I just threw at you aside, I think Hovland is one of the most likable guys on the PGA yeah. Tour. I mean, just look at what he did after winning the Memorial. He went out and caddied for his buddy, 36 holes, grinding out there, trying to stay hydrated, as possibly celebrated the night before. Who can say? But he's so likable, and obviously the American crowd are going to want an American winner first and foremost. But if that's not an option and maybe there's a European mix on the leaderboard in the end, if Hovland is one of those guys, I can see the crowd getting behind him. And I just have to hope that his sponsor uh, gives him a better clothing <laughs> setup for this week because that's been a hot topic of discussion on it socials, has. whether he got dressed in the dark before going out <laughs> on the golf course. Uh, before we let you go, Mark, uh, we, we got to talk Canadians because we have seven yeah. in the field this week. Obviously, we spent uh, our entire show and when you were on with me on Monday morning talking about Nick Taylor. Of course, he's one of seven Canadians playing this week at the U.S. Open. Do you think Taylor can carry that momentum into this week? And, and who are who's another Canadian that you're looking at to really make some noise? Yeah, you know, I find this topic so fascinating because it's just so hard to gauge the expectations for the Canadian contingent, or I believe Bob referred to them as the group of seven this week. Um, but coming off such an emotional week, historical week, obviously first and foremost for Nick Taylor, who was the Canadian that actually got it done, but... It was a long, wild week for all of the Canadians that teed it up last week. And, you know, it's just a demanding week. They're coming off a week with more media, different obligations that take time and energy, I think, from probably the regular preparation routine. And I think a little bit of that is probably going to carry into this week. Uh, maybe a little bit of a Canadian Open hangover. Um, but... I got to go back to my guy, Corey Connors, if there's someone who I think could pick up like a top 10 this week, just based on his performance at the PGA Championship. Obviously not exactly a dreamy final round for him, but I think he has been the most consistent. And then another name that I have in mind, just based on the streaky nature of his play and his ability to roll in long putts, prowess around the greens, I would go with Mackenzie Hughes, he missed the cut last week, so maybe he's had a little bit more time than the rest of them to rest and recuperate. You mentioned Corey Connors for a top 10, plus 500 on FanDuel for a top 10 finish for Corey Connors. So some great value there. Murph, as always, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate the insight, diving deep into the numbers <laughs> as well for LACC and looking forward to, uh, to seeing your coverage, writing the highlights on SportsCenter this week. Thanks for your time. Take care, Adam. 
That is Kristen Murphy, our golf reporter. Check out her Instagram, Twitter, at Murphy Marie, where she puts out these uh, videos previewing the upcoming day. And to our point as well, let's let's hope Rick Hovland dresses maybe a little tamer, a little tamer, maybe just a, a white shirt and black pants, that sort of thing. I really don't see that happening, but I guess we shall see. On the other side, our panel will join us one last time. They'll give us their picks for the U.S. Open. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. It is the U.S. Open, and it gets underway tomorrow. You can watch coverage right here on TSN. One last time, let's go to our panel, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks and Graham Dillette discussing who they like this week. All right. Thanks, Adam. All right, guys. Um, who do we like this week? I, I, I haven't landed on too many names. Obviously, Bob, we had to give our TSN edge picks already this week, but I kind of went with those edge picks with not knowing a lot about the golf course and, and not seeing the golf course. And the more I look at this golf course, the more I'm thinking, although I agree that driving is going to be more difficult than what it appears on TV, I don't think this is a oak hill. I don't think this is what we saw up there. I think uh, if there's one skill set that is going to be, I don't want to say the least important because that, that kind of, you know, you guys always got, if you're going to win a, ch a major championship, you've got to do everything well. But I will take the short game wizard or the player that hits the most greens in regulation has the strokes gain approach. I think it's the blend of those two guys that gets to the leaderboard on Sunday. So, i.e. Scotty Scheffler, who happens to be one of the top four or five players in the world off tight, tight lies, along with you know Cam Smith, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth that Graham already alluded to, etc. So, before you kind of tell me who's on your radar, do, did I just describe the kind of player you think who might get it done around here? Yeah, exactly. I think I think the you know if you were to put bar graphs going up and down beside all the qualities, you know normally the PGA the bar graph with the with driving would be way up, even though the other ones would still US be Open. up there. Are you? Yeah, for, no, I from got the PGA oh, for the PGA for like last week. Like last, okay, last from last month. month. Okay, yeah. But I think they're all sort of even now. You know, there's going to be a little bit of premium here and there, but it's not quite. In my mind, not quite. Um, you can't have. You, you've got to be all around. Good, right. Okay. I, think, is, I guess what I'm getting at. Right. So, you know, when you when you put that into perspective, I still think the best players are going to be the best. So right. you've got. Does Kepka's best weapon was it just taken away from him though? The, the ability his, to hit it 300 biggest, yards. His biggest weapon. Yes. I don't, and I think I think he's still got a lot of weapons. Yes. And I think he's still got a lot of swagger. Which I don't know if that you know I don't know if any other player gets intimidated, let's say, but but I think there's a lot of what he has got still in the in the artillery, right? That can help him around here. Is he the greatest guy at chipping and putting and stuff? Maybe not, but he's really good at it. I have to be he's to win five yeah, majors. He's right? Still a really good putter. Right. Uh, I think just real quick to no, chime no, in jumping, on yeah. Brooks is like when I wouldn't say he's got the tiger factor of intimidation, but people know when in a major championship. 
it's proven here in the last few years that when Brooks is in contention, he's the guy to beat. Right. Because right? he's so, not going to back up on you. Right. And so it's like right? when when you're looking in your rear view and Brooks is one or two behind, that's different than when Graham Gillette's one or two behind. Right. I see what you're saying. Which is pretty no, – <laughs> no, no. But what you're saying is pretty much with every other tour player. It's not – he's he's separated himself yeah. in the intimidation factor. If, you, right? if you've got an afternoon tea time on Thursday and Brooks is playing in the morning and he goes out and shoots a number and you walk to the – first tee or to the practice yeah. range and you see the scoreboard you yeah. go holy whatever yeah. i'm gonna have to try and catch that yeah you know? now uh, there is an historic possibility this week guys and and graham thinks that it's that the door is not shut based on the type of golf course we're going to play phil mickelson now brooks kepka if you were to win this championship going to be a six major and we that that kind of elevates him to Lee trevino yeah nick faldo you know pretty crazy he has five majors before the age that Phil Mickelson had his first major. That's, you think about that's insane. That is insane. Now, Phil, a late bloomer, but then went on a heater after his, I think, 34, he won the Masters, went on a heater. His last coming at 50, I mean, pretty crazy. But you think that this style of golf right around here tells you that the door on a U.S. Open and a career Grand Slam hasn't closed for Phil Mickelson. Yeah, so like the reason Phil's never won a U.S. Open is because of his driving. It's pretty obvious, yeah. right? It's um, a fairway at winged foot. He's yeah. a U.S. Open champion. Correct. And it's like here, it's like fairways is still going to be important because I've talked to a lot of players and caddies. It's like you get a ton of flyers. We got Bermuda rough here. The ball kind of sits down, and they just knuckle out of there. You can't control the spin you can't control the distance it's it's just extremely difficult and these greens are small and they require precision so now what does phil do if he misses the fairway he picks his spot where he needs to miss it and nobody gets up and down better than him over his entire career he's unbelievable so he can think his way around this golf course if he's not hitting fairways he can get to the spots leave himself some you know pitches and chips where he can get up and down and if he does hit fairways we've the other thing about this course we haven't really talked about is that you can use slopes to feed into holes. Right. So if you're in position, you can make birdies because of that. So you're going to see difficult, you know, quote-unquote holes that are playing extremely tough, but guys are making birdies on it because they hit the fairway and they use these slopes and they kind of work something in there, and then you have to make a putt. And Phil is also a really good putter. He's got an unbelievable touch around the greens. On slopey greens, we have to really use your imagination. You see him just kind of like feeling his way in there. He's also very comfortable with opening up a 60-degree wedge on its tight. back, exposing it on a tight light, and yeah. making a he full swing. He can do swing. that off asphalt. Like, right. I mean, yeah. That's um, a skill around here that might come in handy. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I do, do I think Phil's going to win here? No. But it, if he did, would it surprise me based on the way that this golf course is set up? Not really. No. I'm high, high, high on Scotty Scheffler as I've been all year. I know you have too, Bob. Uh, he keeps giving away five shots to the field away each week in putting. Uh, eventually, last week, the last in Memorial, two weeks ago, he gave away 11 shots to the winner. And he's missing these playoffs by one shot, which tells me that if Scotty Scheffler just hovers around 0.0 strokes game putting, Minus one strokes game putting, minus two strokes game putting. He can win golf tournaments. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty interesting today in his press conference when he was asked whether or not he was going to switch putter. He did not say no. Let's put it that right. way. He didn't say yes, but he said we'll have to wait and see. And so I think when you are Scotty Scheffler, you're looking for an answer because 
the data golf guys put out some remarkable numbers about what he's given away in terms of putting with the rest of his game compared to the putting. It's just staggering where those marks are. I mean, if he putts, like you just said, Mark, like halfway decent, he could run away with a whole bunch of tournaments. And so I know that's probably in the back of his mind in his craw, not so much right now, but after every other event when he's kind of given away chances to, to add to his major total and his win total. Uh, but two wins, a dozen top tens this year. He's playing really well, even even with that putter. Have you ever got to a point in your career, Graham, where you were like, "Damn it!" I mean, like you were just striking it so so bloody. That was mine. I know, career. no, but the, <laughs> come on now, come. I, no, it's like, like you know I, what I mean. I always knew. So I mean, like Scotty's a he's a, obviously he's a better ball striker than I ever was, just based you on were no, no, okay. you were elite. You It's fine. It's like you were. I, that was that was the strength of my game. There's no question, but. Um, I always knew that if I putted well, I would have a chance. If I putted average, like for me, I'd kind of sort of be in the mix. If I putted poorly, I'd miss the cut. Right. Like that's basically how I was. It would all came down to my putter. I hit it good for the majority of the time, most of the time. Um, it, Does I will it eat say away at you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah, it does. Um, no, it, it, I mean, it's like... What's Scotty going he's through still, right He's now. still young. And I mean, uh, he's... Sometimes a putter switch, I mean, I would say 100%. If he said that, there's a putter switch coming. There's no question. Because sometimes that can flip it in a day. You can just look at it. So you go from like, because I mean, he uses like a Newport style Scotty. Go to a mallet, a tailor-made mallet. Or just like flip it completely and just look at something different. All of a sudden you start seeing the line and you stop thinking about where the ball needs to start and now you're just kind of like you're focused more on the hole and the target and it's amazing how that can kind of switch sometimes it's only temporary well for me it was always temporary but <laughs> it's something but it's good to just like do something different you know what everything that he's doing right now on the greens is not working right change it up man right. grip left hand low uh claw something. do something different don't just keep what? Don't just keep doing the same thing. Nick Taylor switched to the claw grip. Corey Connors has switched to left-hand low. Brooke Henderson switched to left-hand low. Everyone's making adjustments to try and find the magic. And I think that's what he needs to do. It's the easiest skill in the entire world that is the most difficult thing to do. Unbelievable. I mean, like my seven-year-old son can knock in a six-footer. He knows nothing about technique or eyes directly over the ball or being square, rocking his shoulders or anything. But he can make a seven-footer. Right. Why can't I? So frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> All right, quickly, guys. We only have a minute left around the horn here. Uh, who do you? Who's going to win this thing? And if you have, a, I know you have a dark horse. So you give, I, you give I, me two. Bob and I can only go one. My <laughs> my two dark horse. I really, I like, I love Cam Smith. I do too. I think, I, I do think too. this is an It looks like Australia out there, and it is like Melbourne Sandbell. Yeah. And then I like Jordan Spieth. There those are my I, two, other than the obvious guys. Yeah, I'm w- I'm with you on both of those because short game, tight lies, a thousand percent, Bob. I got Scotty Shelfer. I got to go with him. I mean, it just—it's just. I'm hoping this putter shows up. That's all I can say. I'm with you. We go again. You and I again sooner or later, Bob. We're gonna be right. I'm hoping that we get to Thursday morning and we see a new club, a new putter in the bag for Scotty Shelfer. You got got Scheffler, Brooks. No, Phil. I don't like Brooks. Who, who do you got? I don't like Brooks. <laughs> I don't like Brooks. I like uh, the world rankings. No, no. <laughs> I, I don't like Brooks this week, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I like Scotty Scheffler as my ball striker in my team. And then I like a lot of short game guys. I love Cam Smith. I like guys off tight lies. So I'm liking Scotty Scheffler. If you give me two ball strikers, I'd take Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland as yeah. my ball strikers. Vic, Vic will be there. Yeah, Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler as my ball strikers. Jordan Spieth and Cam Smith 
as my inside 100 yards, guys. Well, I hope one of us wins. One of us good. good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, let's uh, give it back to uh, Scully back in Toronto. All right, thanks, boys. And I'll give our full TSN edge picks at the end of the show. Uh, You heard Mark. You heard Bob. They both like Scotty Scheffler. Yes, Scotty Scheffler is on both of their TSN edge teams. Right now, he is the overwhelming betting favorite on FanDuel at plus 600. Coming up on the other side, TSN producer extraordinaire Jamie Rydell joins me right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. Thanks again to Mark, Bob, and Graham for their insights this morning. There are three different panel hits on the Canadians, LACC, and of course their picks for this week and we'll have our complete tsn edge picks on the other side to wrap up our show uh this morning scotty shuffler your overwhelming betting favorite plus 600 followed by john rom and brooks kepka for much more on all things golf right now tsn producer extraordinaire jamie Rydell. jamie welcome back to golf talk canada what are you saying scully nice to be back nice to be back are you here for the golf i'm here for the golf <laughs> here at my house Okay. okay, okay. But I'm here for the that's golf. A bit, that's a bit of an inside golf. joke. Yeah, yeah that's a bit of an inside joke. It's okay. But, but that's okay. And yeah, yeah. So, okay, we, we got to start back on Sunday because everyone mm-hmm. who we've had on um, on our show who has been on location, I, I, I want to get everyone's perspective on what they saw. So where were you on the 18th green when the putt went down, when Nick Taylor's historic 72-foot putt went down? Yeah, so I was about... I would say about 30, 40 feet from actually close to the hole. So, um, you know, I was standing beside, I was standing around James and, or I was just, just down from James and Graham, but I was, uh, just standing in the back watching this thing go back and forth. And, uh, I just happened to record it too for, I don't know why I just decided, Hey, what if he makes this? I might as well record this. And, what it was it was unbelievable like it it had a chance from i i think tommy fleetwood said at 20 feet he knew it was in and it really did have a chance like as soon as it got about halfway there you're like wow this is really good um and then when it went in it was just bedlam um it was nuts like uh the crowd's going nuts you know a bunch of people storming the green there's a celebration obviously adam hadwin got tackled which i was maybe 30 feet from um, and I kind of tapped Graham. I said, "Did you see Adwin get tackled? He got because he got creamed pretty good. It was pretty good. He got um, yeah, he he was. Uh, it was pretty impressive. But it was it was a crazy scene. Um, it was awesome to be there. Again, I missed Weir by a year when I started doing the Masters, and you know, up until that point, it was Stephen Ames at the Players that. Right. Um, 
that was my only experience. I didn't see any of Brooks stuff. Um, you know, Mike, I was there in 04 for Mike when he lost in the playoff and we had a whole bunch of things going on that day if he would have won. Uh, but it was a pretty cool scene. Um, and to see the crowd was nuts, you know, some a little overzealous uh, to Tommy, which I didn't like, but mm-hmm. the whole weekend was crazy. Yeah, it, it, it looked it looked pretty wild, uh, the, you know, the atmosphere, especially, too, on the Saturday when mm-hmm. play went a little later in the day with uh, you know, CBS right. broadcasting other sports and just leading into the concert. So people, let's just say they were enjoying themselves oh, in yeah. a big way. But, you know, you, you've covered Ryder Cups as well. Mm-hmm. Would you compare the atmosphere to what happened on the 18th green similar to a, a Ryder Cup atmosphere? Yeah, it's, it's a good comparable, right? So because there was a clear... You know, when you're in the U.S. or I've never been to a Ryder Cup in Europe, but it's the same. It's the same thing. Um, you know, the U.S. crowd is pro-U.S., so the Canadian crowd was pro Nick Taylor, and was cheering against Tommy Fleetwood. Um, so it was that atmosphere just because of Nick. So you know, everybody wanted him to win. The, and and this the 69 year drought. And everything that's gone into it with Canadians being close. And again, the, the crop of Canadians that we have on the tour right now is really good. And they have chances to win all the time. And they've proven that this year, especially with four of them winning. Um, with Corey, you know, the way he's played in majors. Um, you know, Adam Hadwin led after the first round of the U.S. Open last year. Mac Hughes a couple of years ago. These guys are around leaderboards all the time. And... So this crop was really the most prepared to do this since Mike. Um, it was pretty. It's pretty crazy. It was. Uh, it was that atmosphere. It was because the crowd was so loud, even though it was raining for most of the playoff. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, it seemed uh, wild to, to hear or watch on, on TV, and, and mm-hmm. it's been cool hearing everyone's different perspectives about the day at the RBC Canadian Open in conversation with TSM producer extraordinaire Jamie Rydell. Okay, let's turn our attention to the U.S. Open this week. You mentioned the crop of Canadians on the PGA Tour. Four have won this season already. Seven are in the field this yeah. week at the U.S. Open at LACC. So let's let's put Nick Taylor aside here for now. Mm-hmm. Aside from Nick Taylor, of the other six, who do you have your eye on this week at the U.S. Open? I think you know, you know, aside, you know, Corey obviously is the better of the crop, right? We we say that all the time. Hits fairways, mm-hmm. hits greens. That's major championship golf. Um, that'll be the case here. You still got to put the ball in the fairway. They're very sloped, as we've seen. If you've watched Twitter or watched any reports, some of these fairways are sloped. Um, so hitting fairways is important, but also some, it's it's going to be an iron game. But I still I still think the creativity around the greens that you're going to have to have because you're going to be running up a lot of things. Those two par threes that are over 280 yards or can play over 280 yards is pretty nuts. Um, but I, I I just think Adam Hadwin's trending so well. He's played very he's played pretty well the last month or two. You know, and hasn't gotten crazy great results, but he was he was right there again at the Canadian Open, um, played well. I, you know, again, you're gonna have to make putts, and he's probably, you know, him and Mac are probably the two best putters in, on, of those Canadian contingents. So, I, I think I, I'm I'm keeping my eye on Adam Hadwin this week, despite the fact that he got drilled by the uh, security guard. You know, it, it's been so cool. 
for, you know, it wasn't obviously so cool to see Hadwin get absolutely destroyed on the green, but, you know, to see him embrace it though, like, like you, yeah. you've, you've been around Hadwin a bunch, JR talking yeah. you know, like he, he's a funny dude. Like he's a lighthearted yeah. guy and you know how he's taken you know, on social media with the heritage mm -hmm. moment and he's made it his Twitter uh, avatar and, and his bio. It's great to see him embrace what is common even too with the usga with the hard hat as well hard hat that was brilliant and yeah the heritage the heritage still um and he was like actively like one of the i remember being on the green after everything happened and i asked i just i said i just went up to him i said are you okay man because you got hit pretty good he goes i don't know i see he says i'm good but i don't know about that part on the green over there and and then he was with one of the cameramen who had a shot and he's like, I need that kid. I need that shot. And he he kind of snapped. I think he snapped a shot of it or was sent it to him. And he just, he really has embraced it. Um, it's pretty funny. And again, like his wife is very good on Twitter as well. And they have a lot of fun on Twitter. She's a good follow, Jessica Hadwin. And, yeah. and so that whole aspect of just embrace it, why wouldn't you embrace it? Right? Like, you got to be able to laugh at yourself, and man, he, yeah, it's impressive that he held the bottle up too. Like after to get it, he kind of was starting to tip, but he tried to keep it up. Yeah. So very little spillage, which was impressive. So, but it's great that he's he's uh, he's been able to laugh at it, and then hopefully, you know, that just eases him into the this first major or this next major here. Yeah, totally. The, the fact that not much champagne was spilled is probably the most important thing because uh, those boys, I'm sure, enjoyed their time on, on the flight to uh, to LACC. Mm -hmm. Now, looking at looking at the favorites this week, in terms of from a betting perspective or odds perspective on FanDuel, Scotty Scheffler at mm -hmm. plus 600. We got John Rama plus 1,100. Brooks Kepka 1,200. So of those guys, Scotty Scheffler has had this amazing year, two wins, a host of top 10s, putting brutally to put it bluntly Brutal. john rom won the masters brooks kepka won the pga so of those three guys pick one who was your favorite out of those three guys this week you know i don't know like i think john rom is the favorite like i love that 11 to 1 odds on him to win like it's him and brooks like those you know i get scotty's the favorite but like him and brooks at 11 and 12 to 1 like you see that brooks kepka swagger back um, even in his press conference, he's kind of back to that Brooks that w that was winning four majors in a couple of years there. And you know, obviously, he's got he's riding high on confidence um, with a second and a first in both in the first two majors. Um, so we'll see if he has. I just I like those odds, like eleven to one on John Rahm, who's been arguably the best player in golf this year, mm -hmm. um, is pretty crazy. Uh, but I think. I think Rory could be sneaky this week. You know, again, he's kind of coming in under the radar a little bit um, because these guys are the other three guys are just so good right now. Um, hopefully, his mind's clear and he can just go out and play. But uh, you know, if anybody's got a little pressure to win a major on him, isn't it Rory? It's been a long time. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, you know, given like what we saw on that Netflix full swing series last year, how Rory basically, or he said, you know, it feels like I'm trying to win my first major again mm -hmm. because it's been so long. And now Rory was initially on the, the list to speak with the media in the press center, but was taken off that list. And he only did a, a walk and talk interview with golf channel with Johnson Wagner. So you wonder Jamie that, 
Because if he had gone to the press center, obviously a lot of the questions would be surrounding the uncertainty right now of PGA Tour, PIF, etc. But to, to your point, you know, he's got to have a, a clearer mind right now. And hey, his odds right now, plus 1,500 or 15 to 1 on FanDuel. There's some value there. There's very, very good value there on some of these, some of these higher guys um, who are just so good. Um, I just... You know, Rory again. Rory, if he he just plays that same Rory game, just hitting big drives and big iron shots, and hopefully he putts. He he kind of generally has been putting pretty decently this year. Mm-hmm. So if he can, I I think it's his wedge. That's the thing. Like his wedge game has been terrible, and I think that's what's if he can correct that. I just think he's he's playing with house money right now. Like, just go for it and don't even worry about it. Um, I I don't think people expect him because again he had a bad final round at uh, Oakdale um, last yeah three days ago. So people aren't expect. I don't think people are expecting much from him. You know, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. And if you if you want even more, like what's Cam Smith at? Yeah, so like, Cam Smith. His- yeah, he was around thirty to one at last check. He's got to be another guy. Can you believe over. that? Like with his with the short game that he has, mm-hmm. like a hundred mm-hmm. yards in. If that's going to be something that like that's what people have been saying have, about this course that nobody knows about, aside from Scotty Scheffler who played a Walker Cup there, uh, Scheffler and Morikawa and a couple others. I just you know if if, if short game and what you do around the greens, thirty to one for Cam Smith, man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good odds too. Um, yeah. I know. I know guys like Jason Sobel and those guys. You know, they have former action sports or whatever. Whoever he's with right now, like he's. If they're some some of these guys are riding Kevin Cameron Smith. Like, and why wouldn't you? He's arguably has the best short game in the world. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting test at the at the new place. Um, and it's right in the heart of L.A. Man, can't even, can't get any better. Can't get any better, and I, I, I love the the shot that uh, Weeksy and Dillette were, were at uh, for Golf Talk Canada Television this week, which is right. on again at 1 p.m. You could see the skyline, the background. Uh, it was right. awesome. Hollywood to your Boulevard, point about Rory right McIlroy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, to your point about Rory McIlroy, 136th on the PGA Tour in approaches from 75 to 100 yards. 169. <laughs> Yeah, 169th in approaches from 125 to 150. So pretty crazy. And for Cam Smith, his odds are, yes, indeed, 30 to 1 on FanDuel. Now, Jamie, before we let you go, uh, we always talk about major championships and guys looking to get it done for the first time. You know, guys, you know, Victor Mm -hmm. Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Max Homa, Tony Finau, guys looking for that maiden first major of those players. Or if there's another guy, who are you looking at as the best chance to win their first major? this week you know some of these guys aren't really coming in on form either right um mm-hmm. you know aside from victor hoblin but he's got to be the guy you look to again aside from kepka he's probably played the majors as good as anybody um i you know you got to look at hoblin but i think xander's been a good u.s open player in recent in recent years and you know again if he can get if he can get his short game going He's a pretty good bet. So it's I, I think Victor or, or uh, Xander are probably the two at the top of my list. 
Love that. And Xander is at plus 1,900 right now. Five career top tens at the mm-hmm. U.S. Open. His worst finish, a T14. That came last year. Victor Hovland, plus 1,700 right now on yeah. FanDuel. Lots and lots and lots of value. Uh, so just there. Jamie, after uh, Scotty Scheffler, there's no real clear-cut guy, right? Exactly. That they got, got better. There's some good odds on a lot of players. Yeah, great odds on a bunch of players, and we'll be tracking it throughout the week. Can't wait for this. Jamie, thanks for your time this morning, and enjoy the U.S. Open, and enjoy all the CFL coming this weekend, too. That's right. we got a big week. We're in Vancouver with the panel and uh, watching the U.S. Open, man, so enjoy it all. It's going to be great, Jamie. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you soon, my man. All right. See you, bud. That is Jamie Rydell, TSN producer extraordinaire. Golf, football, the works. This man does it all. Uh, with us at TSN. Coming up on the other side, I'll give our TSN edge picks for the U.S. Open and preview what's coming for us here on GTC because we're on television not one, not two, but three more times throughout the day on TSN. That's all coming up next. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back inside GTC. Adam Scully here in studio wrapping up our first leg of our quadruple header here on Golf Talk Canada as we preview the U.S. Open. And time for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf. Here are our TSN edge picks for this week's U.S. Open. Mark has Scotty Scheffler at plus 600. Victor Hovland plus 1,700. Tyrrell Hatton plus 3,400. So some value there. Uh, from Mark. As for Bob, he also, Scotty Scheffler, plus 600. Brooks Kepka, plus 1200. Rory McElroy, plus 1500. And yours truly, Brooks Kepka, plus 1200. Xander Shoffley, plus 1900. And I love Max Homa, plus 3400. Those odds have climbed a little bit from what they were on Tuesday. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues here on Golf Talk Canada. It's a major week, so we're giving away some major prizes. First place for our fantasy pool this week is getting a set of P700 Series irons. Your choice. Second place, TaylorMade Stealth 2 Plus Driver. Third place, six dozen TP5, TP5X golf balls. Check out golftalkcanada.com. That's where all of the information is for 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Sign up for our fantasy pool. It's free. It's fun. This year, we are giving away over $40,000 in product. Can't wait 
for this. Well, this has been leg one of our quadruple header on our TSN stations coming up or on again at one o'clock on TSN four and five, four o'clock on TSN two and 10 o'clock on TSN two. And to watch the U.S. Open, you can do that across the TSN network. It all gets underway Thursday morning at 940 a.m. Eastern. It goes all day because it's in LA, so primetime Eastern viewing for us. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. Thank you for listening this morning. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.